Inventing Resilience. I'm your host, Megan. And uh, today we're going to look at unpacking privilege. So I think I've generally done longer uh, podcast episodes, but I'm going to try a couple short ones because I'm really going to just read um, posts and reiterate and like add some things, but they'll probably end up being a little bit shorter because some of these posts um, were shorter at the time that I'd written them. And um, it's more uh, very direct in like a thought process. So I'd welcome your feedback. Let me know which length you like better. And you know, we'll go from there. Hopefully I'll be able to um, encourage people to come and join me on the podcast sometime. And we can explore some of these topics um, through questions and um, a conversation versus me just, you know, rambling along. Okay, so today's topic is unpacking privilege. Um, when I wrote this post, it was over a year ago, so I was fortunate enough to have a really interesting conversation with a conversation uh, with a friend, one that led me to revise privilege and how we hold it in our lives. So I think the biggest weakness we have as humans is that we often focus on the negative, the hard things in life, and what doesn't go our way. The reason why I point this out is that it is this focus that makes it difficult to see our own privilege. And actually, funnily enough, I can add to this. So um, I, uh, where I work, they did like a little seminar and they had a specialist come in. He was a psychologist who was talking about sleep and life balance and things like that. And um, one of the things he talked about was the, um, our nature right? Optimistic people and pessimistic people. And so I think this talk comes into this, like when we focus on the negative and the hard things in life that don't, that just don't go our way. So when you think about your life and that nature part, he said 40% of someone's nature in terms of whether they're optimistic or pessimistic is dictated, or sorry, 40% of someone's personality in this like nature versus nurture is nature of whether you're pessimistic or optimistic that's a lot like that's a huge percentage (laughs) so he said 40 percent was nature 10 percent was the events in your life which i don't think the 10 percent is right i would say there's got to be 20 just because there's a lot of people and we'll talk about this later who don't hold a lot of privilege that have had exceptionally hard lives um and then but it was he said 10 10 percent are the events that happen in your life and then the other 50 percent is mindset and um, actions and behaviors and practices and developing tools and resources so that you're not negative, so that you're being optimistic. So um, anyway, I thought that was really interesting and it talks about you know, negativity and I think it plays into this whole privilege thing of recognizing you know, what's our nature, what's our nurture, and then what are the events that we actually are happening in our lives. So again, I think it's more than 10% for the events that's you know, this privilege piece that we're going to be talking about. Um, But I found that was really interesting as to how he brought it up. So I would argue that almost everyone carries a certain amount of privilege. Now, there are a lot of factors that can diminish privilege that is held. 
what I mean is that in our that our lives are made up of so many different th- things from relationships with parents, family, natural intelligence, race, financial stability, access to education, etc. Each factor can have a positive or negative effect on how privilege shows up in our lives. It is my belief that privilege shows up when any of these factors has a positive effect on your life. How I rationalize that is that if another has the opposite, meaning negative experience, then it can be said that you hold privilege in that aspect of life in comparison to them. Because, as I mentioned above, we focus on the negative, we can be blind or downplay these positives and privileges. What we value also plays into our ability to recognize privilege. Because if we don't value a factor in our life, then we won't consider it a positive. I will give you a personal example which I return to a lot because I've struggled, I really struggle and can still struggle with sometimes. I grew up quite privileged in terms of financial stability, including things such as luxury vacations, access to healthcare, living in Canada with parents that were medical professionals, access to education, enrolled in a second language, bilingual schooling, and access to extracurricular programs, swimming. All these privileges were things that I was actually able to see as privileges, but they felt diminished because they were tainted with negative experiences. The luxury vacations were almost always included major blowouts, fights between my parents, or fear of abuse. The extracurricular was about physical excellence and speed. I did not possess natural talent to really excel, so I ended up not being able to keep up with my peers, and then I ended up feeling less than. That doesn't mean these aren't still privileges. It just means that it didn't always feel that way. They, They were enabled by financial stability, but affected by emotional instability. One thing my whole life I've never recognized as positive was that my two parents were alive. They were still alive at the time of this writing. My father passed this last fall. Um, But now I recognize that as a positive because my children will get to know them or had gotten a chance to know my dad before he passed. The reason why I didn't feel the same growing up is because my parents, for lack of tact, were not the kindest. It's not that they aren't good people, Both my parents are caring for the community, they are generous, they're intelligent, but they were and continue to be verbally or emotionally abusive. I grew up being told that I was going to end up being a failure. I was lazy, I was fat, nothing I did was ever good enough. I was just lucky that anyone would want to be around me. Even now, knowing and recognizing their behaviors for what they are, their own reactions to their upbringings and their trauma, it doesn't make it any easier to manage my perception all the time. So where I lacked empathy or recognition was for people that had lost a parent. And that I said I was so lucky to have that. And that would say that I was so lucky to have both of mine. I would honestly romanticize what it would be like because I would rationalize that people would at least feel sorry for me or the parent or for the parent that was living often loved their child so deeply that it would do anything for them. Something that I did not have in my own life. On the outside, I looked at it like I had everything, but that's not how it felt. So even now, with my most insecure moments, I take this for granted. Because I have this inner voice, sounds just like my mother, telling me that I'm worthless. And I'm just lucky that anyone loves me or I've wasted my life. So I think thoughts like this are often what hangs us up in showing gratitude towards recognizing our privilege. The reality is that every experience makes us who we are. This includes the positive and the negative. This is a really hard thing to get across without being slightly insensitive because your feelings... Your feelings do matter, but so does perspective. It is important to recognize and understand that another's perspective. It is also super important to think critically about your situation and be honest about the comparison with another's. In my case, I don't know what it's like to lose a parent, but I acknowledge that it is hard, it's a loss, and no matter the situation, 
And I now do know what it's like to lose a parent. And it is hard. The third days, you're still in grief. What my desire is, is that someone can see my situation and understand that it was tough too. The reality is that my romanticized version of parent loss, warped as it is, is probably not accurate. The same can be said for my financial stability, nuclear upbringing. As a result of my experiences, I believe I value love, acceptance, and support more than money. I'm going to admit that when I first encountered the message Black Lives Matter in 2013, the thought went through my head that they would get more support if they said all lives matter. I didn't understand that was something that should really be already clear. Of course all lives matter. There was never any question. The lives that were being treated as though they weren't important were black ones. It shouldn't have been necessary for Black Lives Matter movement to point this out, but they had to. They had to because we, the collective we, did not recognize the privilege we held in never having to worry about our safety the same way black people do. In my privileged upbringing, I was never educated on residential schools. I had no idea they existed until I was like 27, 28. So it would have been like 2010 or so. In my ignorance, I viewed Indigenous people as as full of privilege because they had so many opportunities to better themselves for free, like post-secondary education being free, or companies would reserve spots to hire Indigenous people. I didn't know what they had collectively gone through or the generational trauma present. I do now, and I feel like we can still do more to assist in reconciliation and must be educating our youth in order earlier in order to do better, which I've talked about previously in posts. My privilege allowed for ignorance. It made it so that I was blind to a massive injustice in my country. My privilege made me naive to even the continued rights being undermined, such as clean water to drink. Highly recommend looking up Indigenous access to clean water. My privilege also gave me blinders to how much harder it could actually be. I was speaking with my friend recently that has a family member applying to medical school, and they made a comment about the biggest thing working against their family is that they were white. I had to pause before responding and didn't feel like I could get out exactly why that thought process was so small and wrong. This family is wealthy. Their member had every possible advantage of being set up, um, from being set up to volunteering in hospitals through connections um, with doctors within their family and friends group, to traveling abroad to work in medical field services or medical services field, to having um, to not ever never having to work in school well in school because they didn't have to make their own money. Everything was paid for. These are all privileges that are way more likely to help you to succeed in getting marks you needed to enter to medical school and to be able to study and successful completion. Not to mention graduating debt-free that will enable them to grow their own wealth from the start without having to worry about loan repayment, interest, on top of opening a practice, hours of work, and so on. It's a little flabbergasted. (laughs) Another example of someone I know explaining that they were given the directive to hire someone was... uh, Another example was someone I know explained that they were given the directive to hire someone that was either female or a visible minority position where the most experienced candidates were white males. The factor that they didn't take into account is the reason why white males had the most experience was that historically their organization hired males first. That it it had racist roots and that people have a natural tendency to promote those that seem most like them. All these factors made it, of course, white males would have more experience than any other demographic. The reality is, so again, this is like the white supremacy system, (laughs) uh, the patriarchy. The reality is experience doesn't make for the best candidate always. Privilege is a funny thing. It's something that in order to recognize requires identifying our values. Anytime I've had a hard time recognizing my privilege, 
Upon further reflection and critical thinking, I've been able to see that it's because I don't always value that privilege. Me not valuing something doesn't mean it isn't real. I don't value status or power, but in being white, I've held it. I know myself and my values. This gives me the privilege of resilience. That resilience gives me the freedom to walk away from things that don't align with my values, things that make uh, me feel untrue to my integrity. I live in a freedom that has universal health care. I live in a country, sorry, that has universal health care, good public education, democracy, and free market. All of these make my life privileged. There is, of course, the need to recognize choices and that we all make them, that some end up positive and some negative. What we need to realize is that choice in itself is a privilege. Lots of people go through life with limited choices because circumstance happen. Privilege is not having to overcome a circumstance. I had another discussion with a friend where they said that travel is a right, and I had to argue that it's not. Travel is a luxury. Rights are things that we as humans, as a society, should ensure are available to everyone, not just a few. My friend's inability to recognize that her frequent travel was something that most couldn't afford is an example of her lack of self-reflection and her privilege. Recently, it's come out, um, this was again written last year, that we won't be able to open our fitness facilities for at least a month. And I saw a thread debating about the need for sports in people's lives. And the lack of access was hurting the mental health of our youth. So one comment was saying that in the area they service with work, sports extracurricular, were not always accessible to youth. That this was something that more affluent and wealthy people. The point being that those that don't always have access to such programs aren't always suffering, that it is a luxury, and that those who normally are privileged enough should recognize that and maybe reflect in their positions. The idea that there are bigger problems than not being able to travel or do sports. These are privileges. It's not that they aren't important or that access to them doesn't vastly improve our lives, because it does, but then everyone has the same access, the same positives, or so they are are the same positive, so they are privileges. I see the importance of recognizing privilege because it makes us unpack what we value and sort out things based on what is right and what is a privilege. What is a right and what is a privilege? I've had conversations with people that believe travel is a right, but healthcare is not. That access to guns is a right, but strong education, public education is not. The reason I bring this up is those stances are based on privilege held that if something happened to these individuals, they would be okay, whether it financially, medically, or in the justice system, because of their social position. This is reality. What I hope after listening to this or reading the post is that you will take a few minutes to unpack your own privilege. Do the critical thinking. Make the comparisons. Find the things to be grateful for. Decide what you believe are fundamental human rights. I know it's a lot. I do a lot of spinning, but I have to tell you that acknowledging life as it is and doubling down on what is important has given me tons of resilience. Additionally, perspective gives resilience and it'll help you understand your privilege. So we've talked a lot about perspective. Um, and I want to think about the, the systems. And one thing that uh, COVID and the pandemic has proven is that there are systems in place um, that definitely hurt certain individuals or um, large groups more than others. So depending on what country you're in, what wealth bracket you're in, what um, like an example would be when we talk about travel. I grew up being able to travel and um 
I'm not in a place where I can afford to travel like I did when I was a child um, because I don't have the same income that my parents did or that they don't have the access to the resources that they had. And um, they, yeah, like, um, so being able, like when I talk about travel as a privilege now, part of it maybe ongoing is going to be that you know, if we're having to pay for COVID tests, that's adding almost a thousand dollars to a trip from me and my family, um, or at least five hundred dollars because they're about a hundred dollars um, each person. Now maybe a thousand, right? Because we've got five people. So depending on how inexpensive you can find your PCR tests, um, so that you can travel, or your antigen tests that are paid for that are like confirmed, not just the ones that the government gave us, um, then you are you know, um, what's it called? That's adding that, that extra cost. And I don't have that. Right. So, um, there's privilege in, um, the pandemic of people who had families that they were able to spend days with, but there's privilege in being a single person and having time to yourself. So a lot of things came out with the pandemic, um, in terms of needing to recognize, um, spaces and where uh, we hold privilege that maybe we didn't recognize before because um, they were things that were just innate and normal in our lives. And um, an example would be vaccines. So in Canada um, and in North America, and um, the Freedom Convoy is the biggest example of privilege that I have seen. So the privilege of being able to choose your job and not just have to accept a job um, was massive. So like the reaction to that, and I, it's probably like a whole other post, but um, what I want to say here is that the things that they were protesting weren't even unreasonable restrictions. And it was just that if you were not vaccinated, you just have to do your quarantine period, which makes sense because you're trying to keep everybody else safe. And the mass privilege of saying that's an infringement on my rights, right? Or my freedoms. Um, we live in a very free country, in a very free world. And so um, their perception that we don't, or misunderstanding that we don't, is... Um, going to be more to unpack than what we can do today or what I can do right now. Um, but it is thinking about, I'm hopeful that maybe someone in that group would listen to this and um, understand that, you know, um, their privilege is what is giving them that lens that they're seeing through and that they feel like because they've always been able to do what they want to do. And when that gets taken away, um, then they feel like it's not that they were privileged, it's that their freedom is gone or that it was a right, right? And so, um, uh, yeah, anyways, I mean, I think I'm going to start tangenting and uh, not in a way that's going to be cohesive or unreasonable. So I'm going to stop. Um, but the biggest thing, oh, I know. Okay. So, um, yeah, I know one other thing I want to talk about with the unpacking privilege. Um, and it should have brought it up when I was talking about the residential school part, but, um, I was talking with some coworkers and, um, I had a, co I was like, I actually couldn't, I wish I, like, I couldn't see myself cause it was a video call and I actually had to turn off my video cause I'm sure my face, um, I'm a very expressive face, um, would have shown all of it, but 
they were talking about how they'd met some um, indigenous people who were grateful for residential schools. And I thought to myself, um, and that, you know, they thought it was like a privilege to go. And I thought to myself, yes, just like I'm grateful for um, having the resilience of making it through uh, an abusive upbringing, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't be happier if I didn't have that. So um, when we talk about unpacking and understanding and knowing where we're coming from, um, part of that is, again, like going into that empathy piece and you kind of have to connect all these dots, right? So unpacking your perspective, your privilege, um, being able to step outside of yourself to have empathy, and then holding yourself accountable to try and make sure that everybody has the same privilege as you do, because everyone is as valuable as you are. And that's a really hard concept um, for a lot of people. So anyhow, I'm going to end here because I'm not going to be cohesive, I don't think. I really like having some writing stuff down. So hope you have a great day. And let me know your thoughts. Thanks. What do you value? What drives you to do the things you love? Things you love. When you can't find it and you're not sure you have it.